0: or a little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're gonna love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. I wanted to just show you some things out of the book of Revelations. Alright, if I if I were you, and I'm not, but if I were you and I was thinking what is it that I ought to really put down to really look at? And I think it's a really good thing to do um, every year. And take more time doing it than I'm going to just do it here. How many really want to miss the wrath of the Lord? And not, not because of you're dead because of old age, but if he comes before then, Right? And, and how many really want to get the rewards God has for us in heaven? And so we are living in the book of Revelations now. And nobody, there's not hardly a minister, if anywhere, who's not understanding that now. And so when I was over New Year, Christmas, whatever, this week, I've been in Revelations, Book of Revelations a lot. So I wanted to look at what God wrote to the churches and I'm going to only use the Passion Translation this time. But you could go back and look at it, all the different translations. So this is important because God wrote this for us. He wrote this for the people who would be living in the end times. This was not written for the people as much who were there. I mean, these were to real churches then, but they weren't, they weren't going to be able to miss the wrath of the Lord. So this message was, he didn't come back before some of these things could happen for them. Do you see what I'm saying? So it's history, but it's also uh, futuristic, which is kind of cool because that's how you're supposed to read the Bible. Through revelation, you can understand the history if you go study the history, and but you can also enter into the revelation of what, are, what is this for me now? What is this for me now? So write the following to the messengers of the congregation in Ephesians. For these are the words of the one who holds the seven stars firmly in his hand, who walks among the seven lampstands. Every time you see seven, it means complete. So he's talking about this is the one who walks among, he holds the seven stars. And the stars he talks about are uh, his messengers, his angels, the ones who go forth to perform these things. So he has the complete authority over these messengers, these stars, these angels to go forth. And they walk, he, and the Lord walks among the golden lampstands, the seven. So the Lord is walking through every single place where people are gathered in his name. Now, when you see these called one name, he's talking back then the church was so small that they all in these cities met at one place. But I, I want y'all to get this because God's been dealing with me through the really The church is never about a building. Beauty for Ashes Church is not at 487 Denby Boulevard. Beauties for us is Church. the actual church is, is who we are in Christ. The word church is actually the called out ones. So God's out looking at the, when he looks, he's looking at where are the called out ones led by my spirit. So to be at 487 Denby Boulevard, and those who aren't here, where are you? Um, That's being led of Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit will lead his church, his called out ones to gather. Okay, he's gonna lead you to gather. He says in scriptures, don't forsake the gathering together of the saints in the last days that many will do. Well, we never understood that to the way you understand it now. Of course, uh, the whole uh, 2020 mess came in and really made that a big reality for people who've never come back to church, to the gatherings, right? But you also gotta recognize nobody ever had uh, access to uh, watching almost any service you want on social media that we have today. And so many, many people have substituted watching for gathering. And I'm, I watch all the time, but I don't forsake gathering. And so for those who are forsaking gathering, and, and gathering, you know, if, if they met, Every they had a Sabbath that started at sundown on Friday and then um and then didn't end until Saturday evening at sundown and they met during that time and they all focused on the Lord all during the time. How much more with God in us would our gatherings be more, not less? See, everything in Christ is going to be greater than under the law, not less than. It's not freedom. To not gather together. That's something wrong with your walk with God or you just haven't found the place he's calling you to gather. Does everybody get that? And so when you see seven in scripture in the book of Revelations, you're looking at the complete, he's saying he has complete authority over all the angels that are gonna be sent to churches to, to make these things happen. And he has all authority to walk around wherever the called out ones are gathered and to check their hearts and the bible says the father looks over all the earth to see where people are wanting him in spirit and truth not just spirit not just truth he's looking he's like where are the people who love my word and preach my word based on the spirit based on revelation but also based on on history based on what does it say And and I try to do that, and I know Karen does that, and some of the rest of you who minister, and we need to believe for God to bring us more and more people who want to worship him in spirit and truth. But I was saying, so God's been rebuking me. He goes, you know, when you said that you're not doing the church thing anymore, there's no such thing as the church thing. (laughs) You should have never been doing that. He said, so you are still the called out ones that are gathering to come in agreement and, uh, and to come in unity for what he wants to do in, uh, in this ministry. What, do, what does he want to do through our lives? And so I want everybody to really pray about being a part of what he wants us to do and where does he want us to be and how are we to be that? And so I repent forever saying that we're not going to have a local church. There's, there's really no such thing as a local church in the bible does everybody get that we are the church everybody say i am the church church is the church the temple he lives in now is human bodies god dwells in human bodies how amazing is that and so he really wants us to recognize that and so going into 2024 really recognize you are the body of christ you carry him and to the level of freedom that you have in Christ because of yielding to him, submitting to him, agreeing with him and walking this out and getting healed in the brokenhearted places to the degree that you have that is how much light. Your hidden knowledge is, is religion, okay? Your hidden knowledge is religion. It's religion if what you do is based on hidden knowledge that you think you can do. Can I just let everybody know, Jesus had to come and die because it's impossible to please God with hidden knowledge. It's impossible. You can try and try and try and try to make everybody else. That's not, this isn't about that at all. You need to get into the kingdom. Okay, in the kingdom, he's a powerful, awesome, wonderful God. He rebukes, he corrects in love with one purpose in his correction. One purpose in his correction is to help us get free from the enemy. One purpose. It's always about helping us become who he's called us to be, not with works, but in his great plan for our lives. I want everybody to just take some time this week and say, okay, he has already written down everything he wants me to do in a book. It's the only thing that's going to count. So if he only has a little tiny bit for you to do, but he's called you to do it, you will get the exact same reward if you do it of somebody who has been given much and has a lot to do. It's not, he has no favorites. And to him who gives much, he requires more. Why? Because he's given them the gifting, the talent, the t- he's given them everything they need to do it. And then he's gonna be the one to make that happen. And so I just want everybody to get that. We're not competing with anybody. But we have to run a race if we want the high calling. We have to run to win. And you cannot do that. You can waste all your time, all your money, all your effort. Everything can be wasted. And I mean wasted. On stuff that doesn't matter. And not in some religious spirit. Oh, I better. No, what is he calling you to do? So I encourage you always and not just wait till the beginning of a new year but to say, it would be an actual good prayer every morning. It'd be a really good prayer at the beginning of each week. Lord, what is it? Order my steps, Lord. Order my steps. And I can look back over this last week, and I'm telling you, I had an entirely different plan for this last week. I seriously, and it was all good stuff. I was going to work on the book every day and try to, and I almost signed up with the publisher and, and uh, all this stuff. And, And I just couldn't wait. I mean, I loved Christmas. I loved the family gathering. I loved seeing everybody. But I was so, woo, tomorrow I get to actually stay home and and try to do my walking. But other than that, just work on the book. I worked on the book five hours out of the whole week because that's not what he had for me to do. He was much more about me going and talking to people and sharing with people because I'm going to let everybody in on a gigantic secret. Everything about being a human being, everything being made in his image is about relationships with other human beings. You will not be judged on how you treat your dog or how you treat your cat or how you treat your horse. But if you're hateful to them, something's really wrong and that's in your heart and it's bottled up anger or something and and it's really a bad thing. And if you're good to them in a normal manner of caring for pets, then praise God, that's human that's, that's just in the human nature. Do you get me? Do you understand? It's a demonic nature to be hateful to, to God's creation. It's demonic to throw trash out of your car. It's demonic to not ke- take care of things. But the human nature, just the human nature is going to still, it, the Bible tells us, the human nature, you will love yourself. The human nature, you will take care of, of your kids. You, you don't have to be a Christian to take care of your kids. Human nature has you to do that. Do you understand what I'm saying? Just like animals know how to do that. But the divine nature makes us do more than that. And when you start to understand without question that there is no running away from God's intention for the human race. And when you understand the way is narrow... Why is the way so narrow? Not because he's a strict perfectionist. He's such a perfectionist, you guys. Nobody could make it through that narrow way. Not a single person. I don't care how much you accomplish and think you have get done right and how much stuff I do or how much God blesses me or anything. Nobody, 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 nobody can cross their T's and dot their I's enough to get into the kingdom of God. Nobody. And God knew that. And the whole first part of history is to show you that. Your whole life before Christ is to show you what a failure you are at being perfect. Does anybody already know you're a failure at being perfect? If Say, so, yes, I'm a failure at being perfect. Does anybody think they aren't a failure at being perfect? Because you need some deliverance. Why do you keep trying to do something that's impossible? And why do you beat yourself up? because you can't do something that's impossible. You can't do something that's impossible. It doesn't mean you just live for the devil unless you want to the consequences of living for the devil. If you want the con, there's a lot of good people, everybody, who do not live for the devil. Some of them do great, great things and they still go to hell. He's not looking at if you did a lot of good things. He's looking at, did you know that you needed me? Not me, but him, the Lord. Did you know that you needed a savior? Did you say yes to the savior? And then did you open your heart to his wonderful, powerful, wonderful plan of perfecting you? That's, you know, I never like when people say, I do everything in excellence. Well, shut your excellence stuff up because it needs to be done in Holy Spirit. I mean, my car is a mess some of the time. Most of the time, most of the time, my car is a mess. My car is not an excellent looking place. And I'm not talking about because you're lazy. I'm not talking about because you're just disgusting. I'm not talking about disgusting. I'm talking about God has me doing other stuff that is more important. But you could always come to my house and it's going to be clean enough where I'm not embarrassed. We, we cannot help people, including our family, by trying to get them to cross their T's and dot their I's. And God's just dealing. Can I let everybody in as we get ready to go into this? This isn't going to be a one day series. We're going to be doing this probably the whole month on Sunday mornings. I just want you to know. And I, I know that I know this. And remember the sign of wonder where I shake really hard and I've been doing it for a while? Because this ministry has been under the shaking of God for at least 15 years. And he's changed a lot of lives in 15 years. How many know he hasn't perfected us yet? How many know some people have let him shake harder and have gotten freer? And some people have more stuff that needs to be shaken. And some people just got out of his will and stubbornness. You don't even realize it. You're not even letting him shake you anymore. When you don't let God shake you, the enemy gets to attack you. That's what 2024, good word for 2024, 2024, Satan's going around like a roaring lion to desire, to devour you. He's not going to just scare you. He's going to try to destroy you because that's the season we're in. That's the season we're in. He's always done it. But you can look at major people who anybody who did awesome things for God and real things for God. And yet, guess what? They're still going to a shaking in areas they did not let him in, in areas they hid, in areas they didn't deal with. And how many know most of the church doesn't seem to know how to even do this. And that's really part of what Beauty for Ashes is a forerunner in. My gosh, we've been shaking. But shaking's not a bad thing. Because when I humble myself and I agree with him, no matter how difficult it is, and it's difficult because you got areas, you want things the way you want things and and you like it this way and it seems okay this way and why can't you do it this way? And those hard, stubborn places are going to be shaken. Everybody happy? No, do you want to keep that? I don't want anything he doesn't want. I don't want the enemy to be the one to come and devour my stuff. I would rather freely put it at the cross and let God take what he wants and give me what he wants. I want him completely in charge of my life. And I mean it. And I humble myself every day and I repent every day and I pray every day and I do it by getting in the word. I looked up every scripture on money last night. I didn't get to the, I think I got seven more to go through. I don't want greed back in my heart. So that's what the shaking's about. The shaking is something, I want us to embrace it. That's a count it all joy. I want you to embrace, because just because Karen's gone through a lot of shaking, and you've seen it, and I've gone through a lot of shaking, and you've seen it, and you've seen the, the fruit of it, especially if you've been here long, you know I'm not who I was. I'm not even who I was last year. I'm not even who I was two weeks ago. Amen really loud there, Ryan. Anyhow, no, I'm just kidding. But but that's what it is. It's relationship. That's why I think maybe some of this mega church is going to kind of go to the wayside. I mean, I think you can have a mega church, but I think it better have a lot of real relationship ministry going on. And not even ministry, relationships, just real people being real people in public. I'm the same person if you come to my house. I'm the same person if we go out to eat. I'm the same person if we walk. I'm the same person if I get really upset about something. I am the same person. You'll see the good, the bad, and the ugly, but thank God there's more good now because you see more Jesus and how he's changed me. And you need to look at your life and go back to the place where you were changing and look at where you decided to not change anymore. And that's where you need to go back. Otherwise, you're going to get a religious counterfeit spirit. It's not okay just to put up some scriptures and say how much you love God if you're still putting yourself in a position of temptation. And then you're just going to have a whole big idea of when I fall and I do this again and I scream again or I give into this sin again or I do that again and I'm just going to repent. How about get away from temptation? We, we, set, we set our, we don't really, you know what? You set yourself up to fail because you kind of want to fail. Because it's too hard to just let go and trust God. It's too hard to just let go and trust God. The Americanized version of Christianity is Dying. The kingdom, for real, not be manipulated and controlled and set out like some new doctrine is becoming, we're going to begin to experience. You can be free. You can be healed. You can have uh, your needs met according to his riches. You can. You can see deliverance in your family. You can. And he's shaking every single thing that says anything else. So... And the truth is, he's got to show you your heart. The Bible says our hearts are deceitfully wicked. No man can know it. I think it's a good time everybody sits down and takes some time this week, maybe tomorrow for a a New Year's Eve present for God or New Year's Day. And instead of running around doing all the festivities, maybe some of you should sit down and take the time to ask the Lord to show you your hearts. And this is talking to teenagers too. Show me what's in my heart. What is it I really want? What is it that's coming? He's going to shake everything. Because he's only shaking what doesn't belong there. He's only shaking what's in the way of you having everything he has for you. And so it's amazing that in the book of Revelations, his message to the churches, and he says to the seven churches, to all the churches, through all of history, here is his message. And so if he wrote me a message that's so now, for a now time that started a few years ago, but it's getting more intense, don't you think it would be smart to take some time and invite Holy Spirit in to help you to see this, to ask him for this, maybe go back and look at some of the old teachings on something I've taught all of this, and say, "Lord, help me with this. There's a great falling away. It's already happening, and it's about to be exposed big time. There are literally, I've seen them myself this week, ministers who I absolutely loved and followed and loved their preaching. But I could tell when money became their God. And so years and years ago, I separated from it. But now to see them defending um, lifestyles that are abomination to the Lord and also bring a curse uh, and acting like that, it's really everywhere now. There is an unbelievable false gospel that mainly started with two Christians who fallen away because of the love of money. Did I spend most of my time between dealing with this thing and then watching this stuff happen and letting God get any evil out of my heart, please, Lord, help me. One of the things I saw is I am so, so grateful that he got greed out of my heart because I could have been one of those people. I think I could have been one of those people. I mean, whether I would have ever had that kind of fame, I don't know. But I do know I had the potential in my heart to try to mix being rich and living a fancy life with ministry. And I really, you cannot mix that. You will love one and hate the other. And we're now watching those who chose to try to love both of them. And we're going to see that this year. How, oh, more than you can imagine. And this, we're only going to see the big ones that they want to put out there. Think of all the millions of smaller ones that's hardly going to make news unless it's in your town. Guess what? I don't have to worry about that happening here. If you get a chance, watch C.C. C. Wyman. She just did um, uh, somewhere at a church this week. I don't know if it's her church or not. And, and she started, I watched it this morning. She stood up, she, said, she didn't say names or anything. She just said, I want everybody here to know. I live a holy life. And you can come here and know you're not going to get a surprise. Somewhere in her life, she died to the love of money. And she chose the love of God. And you're going to begin to see these ministers who've chose God over money come to the front. Now, we're not to judge the others because we don't know what that temptation would be like. Not one of us know. Not anybody in this room knows what it would be like if somebody offered you that kind of influence, that kind of finances, that kind of lifestyle, especially if you don't know how hurt somebody was or how much this was something that was already put in them. They had to prove something about that, you know, we could do this or, you know, Um, coming from our background, we could do this or being a woman, we could do this or being black, we could do this or we, you know what I'm saying? Everybody, has everybody learned that in here? Everybody's coming from different mess. Has everybody learned everybody's coming from mess? And then you kids who were really raised by godly parents, thank God your mess isn't as bad as their mess was. Because what normally happens if they don't deal with their mess, then they add their mess to your mess. And it's time to repent for that. It's time to not want to add our mess to our kids' mess. And one of the biggest things to do is to face your messes. Go with God. Sit alone with God and face your messes. Thank him for where he's really set you free. Where he set you free and then you put a wall there because you won't do the next thing. You go back into a religious spirit, saying the right things, posting the right things, acting like everything's right, but nothing has really changed. Don't you understand that's how deception happens? That's how these people did it. That's how these true, called, and anointed people went from being real to false. And then they lead people, eventually it leads to immorality. Eventually it leads to that's okay. Our culture's a mess. The church is a mess. Sex outside of marriage is evil. There's no such thing as marriage except between a woman and a man. And all the people think that all the other 500 gingers or whatever need to get healed and set free and delivered. Plain and simple. And God can do that. And he wants to do that. He wants to do it before everybody. Falls into the devil's plan. Satan is so afraid of this next generation. So let's, let's make them all. Let's make them unable to have the next generation. You know, it kind of makes you wonder, is it the next generation where Christ is returning? In other words, the teens now, their kids? Is that, where, is that who he's is when he's returning? Because why is he trying to sterilize 30% of the teenage population? Why does, why does he want 30%? And, and that's, that's not including the other, however, two or three or four percent of the other people that couldn't really have children together. Not because they've been uh, sterilized, but because they're not joining together the right sex to be able to have children. And why is he so big on putting marriages off for so, so long that people finally get in their 40s and they wonder why they can't have children? you see what I'm saying? Everything has been pushing and pushing and pushing to do away with the next generation. Come on, I know it's, it's, it's been a process, but come on, it was like 3% when we were young. And now it's like 30%. That's crazy. Somebody's going, why would Satan be doing this? He is so afraid. Of a generation sold out to God that he can't control. He's so afraid of a generation that will completely give everything to God and do great exploits. He is so afraid of that generation. He is so afraid of a harvest of millions and millions of souls because of a generation completely sold out. They don't care for real about money and riches. They don't care for real about proving anything to anybody. They are sick of sin. They don't want to be a part of sin. They don't want to live in that filth. They don't want that. They don't want the filth they saw in their parents' life if they saw that. They don't want the filth they see on TV. They don't want the filth that a lot of people have just compromised with and gone along with. They're sick of it. They don't want drugs. They don't want to be drunk. They just want to know what God has for them. There's got to be more than this. That's their cry. There's got to be more than this. And Satan is petrified of them. And parents, you need to get free enough to help them become those people God's called them to be. Fathers and mothers. No wonder he wants. First, let's get the fathers out of the house so they can never understand God. They'll never be able to trust God. They'll think he'll abandon them. They'll be looking everywhere they can and get into all kinds of perverted relationships just looking for somebody to love them, looking for a dad, looking for a mom, looking for somebody. My gosh, we gotta see this stuff stop everybody. I do believe he's going to have a bride without spot or blemish. I do believe it's going to be a remnant of people. I do believe there's a great falling away that's happening right now. It's happening right now. It's been happening, but it's being exposed. Why didn't he expose it way back? Because he gives people time to repent. He also lets it get so deep that there's no getting out. You know, when you lie... Then you got to make another lie to cover when that lie gets exposed. Then you got to have another lie. Then you got to get mad at the people for catching you in your lies. Then you got to twist everything. And pretty much Satan starts to own you because he's the father of lies. Don't justify your lies. Well, that person deserves to be lied to. Yeah, but you shouldn't be the one lying. That's none of your business what you think they deserve. Don't lie. Because then you're telling Satan, I want to be your father. And don't call people liars. Don't, don't. Open the door and say that person just lies all the time. What are you saying? Here, Lucifer, you're their father. And then I heard somebody say that I think it's Kevin's Day, that's not really his name. Lucifer was something else, but anyway, whatever, the devil. Don't ever just put your kids or your anybody or anybody in this church in the hands of the devil and say, Here you raise them. They're yours. The only time Jesus ever said that was about Pharisees who knew better and purposely for honor and for fame. And because they didn't want the real Messiah, they liked living the lifestyle that a lot of people that you're going to watch fall have been living. Right? Always see people the way God sees people prophesy that over your kids prophesy that over your grandkids prophesy that you have no idea the impact but can I tell you if you're living a hypocrite it doesn't mean anything you actually make it so they don't even care about hearing about God they really don't so I just encourage you if you live with a hypocrite and it's not saying in here but watching then could you find somebody who's not a hypocrite and look at them and and see them and pray that God will bring non-hypocritical people into your life who will help you? And can some of us be those people who won't be the hypocrites? Can some of us be those people who will shine and to see that? And guess what? Can you understand that's why the shaking's happening? The shaking's happening so we can become those people. Aren't you excited about that? Don't you want to be who he wants you to be? I think you do. I don't see why you'd keep coming to this church if you didn't. Cause we've never, I don't believe I've ever, I'm not seeing, I, I've, I've gone through sanctification just with the rest of you, I've repented, I've seen things, but you gotta admit, I've done it. But I've never, by God's grace, ever changed the gospel. I don't wanna preach anything but the gospel. want to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ the savior the healer the deliverer, the rescuer the one who loves us so much that his spirit wants to make us into who God sees us to be, that's who we really really are, I am who God says I am, you are who God says you are all you young people you are who God says you are find out what that is. Who does God say that I am? How does God see me? The Father can't even look on sin, you guys. His vision of you is so perfect. No matter how much you screw up over and over and over. And then when you finally come into His presence for judgment, what He envisioned and what you allowed to happen is where your judgment's going to be. You'll be saved because your name's in the Lamb's Book of Life if it doesn't get blotted out and continual sin will blot it out. I wouldn't play games with it. And you're going to weep. He's wiping away tears because we're going to realize, wow, you had all that for me when I was fighting you about it, when I didn't think I could trust you about it, when I didn't think I could trust what you had for my life, when I didn't know how all this could happen, when I acted like I couldn't understand you and, and... And you had all that for me? Y'all will be amazed when you see all that he has for you. For your life. My personal prayer. And I know it's some of yours. God, I want everything that you have written about me to be done for your glory to be done. Every single thing. No matter how uncomfortable that is, no matter how much far I have to go through, no matter how many people don't understand me, that's what I want. And I want to trust you. Some of us need to trust our children, our grandchildren, and our spouses. We need to trust God to take care of them. We need to begin to pray his will into their life. See, he, he's going to tell you who you are. He, when God would talk to you and not condemnation, he would say, you know, I see you this way. He would say, I, I see, this is how I see you. This is how I see you. Now, the enemy has you seeing yourself like this, and therefore you're always trying to prove something or do something or, or try to change something. I want you to see yourself the way I see you. I want you to this year begin to pray into people's lives how God sees them how God sees them. But then you're going to have to do what he shows you to put them in God's hands if you're the one standing in the way. He has to show you. Think a minute. Everything you really tell somebody, you're going to stand before God for. Do you really want to tell somebody what to do about anything? Unless you know that you know it's God? And even then, don't you want him to tell them? Right? Right? I mean, seriously, the fear of the Lord is going to say, there is no way I want to stand before God and say, I told this person to do this, and they did it, and it totally screwed up, and I'm sorry. Does that mean I won't tell someone? I'll tell them if God, he's got to make me. If you've never fasted in here, and there's still issues in your life, why haven't you fasted? He says, with fasting and prayer. There's a lot of books on fasting. I'm not going to be the person to write that book, I don't think. This is the year. This is a big year for the shaking. You're going to start watching it. You're going to see things. What's, What's kind of funny when you think about it is everybody gets all excited about, look what our prayers did. Well, the prayers that were only powerful were the prayers that were led by Holy Spirit. The prayers that were only really powerful were the ones where he already got that out of your heart so you had authority to pray. And that is what the shaking is. Let me get this out of your heart so that you have authority to pray. Let me get this out of your heart so that you can be who I've called you to be. Let me get this out of your heart. And and, and then you can't use uh, legalism well, I tithe, therefore God's got to bless me. Now, tithing isn't about you paying your way for God to bless you. Tithing is about God. Truthfully, a tithe should be, what you give to God should be so different than a tithe. It should be like, okay, Lord, here, here's what I want to give. This, if I have more, I'll give it. Show me what to do. Show me where, how to do this. And it's a heart. It's not a legalistic thing that's going to protect you. It's a thing that says, this is my heart towards you, God. Everything's got to be about the heart. Can I just say it over? It's about your heart. It's about your heart. It's never, ever, ever about your actions. It's about your heart. And your actions reveal your heart. He says, I'll show you my faith by my works. Not, I've got works to prove I have faith. It's like, no, no. They, They look alike except to God and somebody who has discernment. God, am I doing this because I love you? God, am I doing this out? Of now remember, loving him isn't a ooshy gushy feeling. Love should never be a ushy gooshy feeling. A, a commitment in a marriage is not about how gushy ushy your feelings is that day. You could be ticked off about a dumb thing somebody did. Not that any of us would ever be like that, right? That has nothing to do with love. Love has to do with God brought this together. Oh, you brought it together and you told God, okay, we're staying in this. And now all of a sudden there's this mutual respect, the way he says to do things, this, this working things out, you changing, you praying, them changing. you. If you're praying for them to change more than you're praying for you to change, something's wrong. And it's probably crossed into witchcraft. Remember, witchcraft is just trying to manipulate things and that releases demons. That's what makes it witchcraft. What does God say about this? And quit listening to the world's idea of love. They've been divorced a million times and they're sleeping around and they've got this, that. I don't give a, there's not an influencer in my life about what marriage is supposed to look like except for God and people who are living it out and walking it out. Through the good, the bad, and the ugly. But always hanging on to God. So, Revelations 2, 1. Two, two. I know that you. I know that you've done for me. I know all that you've done for me. You have worked hard and persevered. I know that you don't tolerate evil. Okay, so I want you to see this. Here's here's what he's saying. This is important to God. They've done something for God. They worked hard and they persevered. Does God have you working on something that's made you have to persevere? Maybe it's a relationship he wants you to keep believing for and do what you have to do to make it work. Remember, he doesn't require anything that he doesn't give you the grace to do. What is it? This is why it's got to be based on him not based on you trying to take his place. Does everybody get that? That's why this is also difficult to really preach and get across because two things can look the same and one is the complete opposite. If I didn't listen to God now about the situation I've been talking about, I would be enabling people not to seek God, not to hear God, not to need God, not to get the call on their life, not They could still choose to blow me off and not do that, but I would be making it easy for them to settle down and not go through the shaking. And guess what? Does everybody know how big God is? Do you know how quick every single finance in this place would completely dry up and in my personal life and anybody else who interfered? Do you understand what I'm saying? You're not gonna outdo God with your codependency people. You will end up on the street yourself if, God is, if you're out of God's will and you're trying to take his place in somebody's life. You will never, ever, ever be able to stop God from shaking what He wants to shake. I don't care how much you make, I don't care how much you think you can do this, you cannot get through this fire that is on planet Earth right now except through complete obedience to Holy Spirit. And so this is a fun Sunday morning wake up call. And it almost everyone in this room has yielded to Holy Spirit and his shaking. There's also not a person in this room, including me. Oh, he's not going to keep shaking. And I don't do it to your preaching. But I really see the results of people who say, okay, it's so cool when you get free from condemnation. I'm not your judge. Thank God. I will be called before the Lord on your judgment day to tell him everything I did and saw and how I did. And I'll be judged according to that. That part's true. That's why I'm supposed to, if I preach the word and I do that, I'm supposed to get double honor. But that's where you'll be judged, not me. I don't need the double honor. That's why when the Lord tells me, you know, wives, submit to your husbands as unto the Lord, he should not need me to submit to him. I'm going to be the one judged on that. But where God tells him, Love your wife as you love yourself. He's going to be judged on that. I'm not to make him do that. Does everybody understand the difference? See what he's asking of you and quit trying to dump it off on somebody else. And this is for you kids too. You're all old enough. You're actually older than most of the people in the Bible. Some people think Mary got married at 15. Well, everything hasn't changed where God thinks we're all supposed to stay codependent little orphanage, you know, little poor kids. Let's all grow up. Get off the TikTok long enough, not that y'all are on it, to see what God wants. Get in your Bibles enough. Because we have so messed up the culture. It's not even funny. Our culture is so babyfied because of codependency. It's okay to step out and have to take responsibility. And if you mess up, God still loves you and he's there to help you and to encourage you. He's not there standing with something. I got you. I knew it. I knew you'd mess that up. I don't even know why I let you do anything. Some of you ought to stop and listen to the voices in your own heads when you're going through something. And you might have the control to shut it up, hopefully. But the passive aggressive spirit is just as harmful as your words of cursing somebody. And it's time to repent. And how you handle the attacks of the enemy even if you're 10 years old especially if you've been to a church like this and you've learned truth you're still going to be accountable for how you handle that Lord I'm separating that person from the spirit and I thank you for that person they're in your image and your likeness and they're doing all they know how God and would you help them and Lord I love them and don't let any hate get in my heart and Lord that spirit I don't know what it is but I'm not going to do what the devil wants me to do I'm not going to become a perfectionist for that spirit, but I'm also not going to become someone who is going to uh, rebel and turn against God and throw everything down the toilet and give my life to Satan. God, help me. When y'all have in your group, y'all need to learn to pray back there. You need to learn how do we handle life and how do we help our friends handle life? How do we take something real that's going to help the schools are, your friends are, everything's falling apart because everybody's gotten so far away from walking with God. So here, I know all that you've done for me. You've worked hard and persevered. Now, if that doesn't apply to you, you need to say, Wow, Lord, show me where I've worked hard and persevered. And Lord, open my heart to be able to work hard for you and persevere. What's persevering? No matter what comes against me, I'm hanging on to God and doing it. Talia can give y'all a message on that one. Because she have been through the shaking. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you need encouragement today, don't you? <laughs> I love it right here that when people do go through the shaking we could all laugh because we know God's real we know he's in the fire we know he's in the shaking you've worked hard and persevere I know that you don't tolerate evil wow that's a big one some of you are really good at not tolerating evil praise God And he says, that's good. I'm glad you don't tolerate evil. In other words, you don't agree with evil. You don't come in agreement with evil. You don't say, well, I guess that's okay. Well, that kind of lifestyle is okay. Well, drink it. Well, that's okay. You don't tolerate evil. See, do you see how you can tear this apart and say, okay, do I work hard what the Lord has me doing and persevere no matter how difficult? And some of you are in situations right now where you have been working hard at things God's given you to do that other people don't even know how hard it's been. And I know I'm talking to Carrie, and I know I'm talking to Talia. I'm probably talking to some others. I know I'm talking to people there. But God wants you to see this. He knows you've worked hard. He knows you persevere. People don't even know how much you want to give up. They have no idea the attack for you to give up and let go and quit doing it. God sees it. I want everybody to know this. No matter where you're struggling, God sees the stuff you're doing that you wouldn't even be doing if it wasn't for him. And he's there for you. And I'm asking him right now to release grace into the situation that anyone in this place is going through that literally takes persevering. A situation where the enemy, and yes, can I just let you know, when you're going through this, you're going to see the junk in your own heart. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Praise God. Nobody can do this with condemnation. That's why we can't judge each other and make them be perfect. All you do is release the devil as their judge, and they'll have such a hard time getting free. And you've got to hate that and ask God to set you free from that and get really free from condemnation. Really free. I have no condemnation. I have where I can sit with God and say, okay, Are you sure this just seems so wrong to do this, God? I just don't want to let these people down, God. God, you know, show me my heart. Show me my heart. The biggest prayer you should be praying in the days of shaking is show me my heart and then let him show it to you. And he's not going to tell you it's horrible. He's going to say, we need to get rid of this and this is where you got this and you got to get this hate out of your heart and you got to get this unforgiveness out of your heart. Let me tell you, Aren't you glad you don't have to be in a life and death, uh, intense trial that we all got to walk through with Talia and Caleb? And they did things in that trial that they would have never even tried to do if they weren't in a desperate place. They loved that baby before they ever saw his face on this side of the womb more than they cared what anybody thought including family members and they were so willing to lay before the Lord day in and day out and let God change them and I'm just going to ask you truthfully do you think all the sanctification and repentance and changing the way you thought had anything to do with the good outcome that all the things God had you repent of. All the things he opened your eyes to that you were blind to. All the things that he taught you. all those, Do you think those were necessary to win the battle? Yes. And you really learned a lot. And it doesn't go away after things calm down, does it? <laughs> because that's what it's about. It changes us. It's not just a temporary fix. It's a change. And it's a good change. And my prayer and the shaking is serious. This this isn't a cute little, oh, let me shake you a little bit. No, this is Satan like wanting to destroy you people. And you've got to give everything to God. And we're so funny in our culture. Do you know you're supposed to give everything to God the minute you get saved? Does anybody get like this isn't like some new revelation we're supposed to give? We call him Lord. He's going to shake it. Do not get confused with what's in you as being you. Forgive yourself. Hate what God hates. Forgive yourself quickly. Forgive yourself quickly. And then you ask him to get it out. You ask him to help you to hate it. You ask him. And I really have that gift of helping people hate it. He's given me that. And I know I've had it with shaming people before and trying to do it through fear and all this stuff. Okay, I'm not apologizing for being who I am in Christ and going on this journey before you guys, okay? Because by seeing it, it demonstrated to you how real it is. I didn't get up here with a high, better than you, holier than thou attitude. And when I did have that, God knocked me down to say this is what it really looks like. This is what the church is missing. They're in big buildings worshiping in songs, and who knows what the worship team is doing when they're not there. And, and somebody gives up with a pre planned message that they planned months and months and months ago. And heaven, if God tries to do something different, you know, oh, we can't. And, and they call that church. And God's so faithful, He still anoints it a little bit. He's not going to be anointing it soon. He wants relationships. He wants relationships. He wants you to see what people walk through. He wants you to know. He wants you to see how faithful he is. He doesn't want this to be about you. He doesn't want this to be about me. He wants this to be about him. Because he is the only one worthy. And you can see that in the Bible. You see Paul's shortcomings. Even as an apostle. You see Peter's mess up. Do you understand? What I'm saying? That's how it works. That's how it really, really works. That's real ministry. Because it's not even ministry; It's called relationships. Relationships. And humbling ourselves. Humbling ourselves. That's what you do when God shows you where you messed up. You humble yourself. You don't harden your heart. You don't sear your conscience. You don't, I'm doing this my way. No, you humble yourself. And anybody who's ever humbled themselves and it wasn't humbling, you didn't humble yourself. What, what does humbling mean? Like, oh man, this is this is almost embarrassing. I can't believe I did this. I can't believe I hurt somebody like this. I can't believe. Like, what do you want me to do? And the main thing he wants you to do is to let him get that out of your heart. Because then it's real repentance and it never happens again. And if it starts to sneak back up, you reckon it. Wait a minute. I'm not letting that back in. Lord, go deeper with that. Satan's been really trying to tempt me with some greed stuff. Just really trying to get to me. And I'm like, "Uh uh-uh. I hate the love of money. I'll take all the money he wants to give me for anything he wants to do. I thank him for everything. But I know in the core of my being, if I was in a place with nothing, I have him and I have more than enough. And I want him more than I want anything. And I don't have to prove that by getting rid of stuff unless he tells me to. It's about what is going on with you and God that's real. He's gonna shake everything, people. I mean, no, he's he's always been shaking everything, but it's intensified in the hour that we're living. He's doing it faster. How many know faster is like, ooh, scary. At the same time, it gets over quicker. Thank God if we let him do what he's doing. So, taking notes would be good or listen to this later. Can he say to you, I know all that you've done for me, where you've worked hard and persevered. I really encourage you. Self-examination is biblical. Spend some time. I mean, if you just do that this week, you've done something powerful. Lord, show me for real what I would have never done if I hadn't known you. Therefore, I know it's because of you. Show me how I've worked in that and and how hard I tried to make that work and do things and held, held on. And show me where I persevered when it seemed really impossible. I hung in there. And I think most of you would find places where you'd say, wow, I didn't even realize God was keeping track of that. I didn't realize how much I've done that. And if there's nothing with that, then get to God and say, Lord, it's time for me to start really working for you. Do you see what I'm saying? Man, just write that down. I'm going to spend time asking God to show me where I've worked for him and how I persevered. And that's going to be any place where you've used your gifts and your talents for what he's called you to do. In other words, you know you wouldn't be doing that if it wasn't for him. If you would have been doing it anyway, then that doesn't count. Now I'm not saying... It doesn't mean, well, I would have probably done this job anyway. I don't know, would you have known about that job? Is this, the, is this the direction you were going before you met God? Probably you kind of would stop and say, ooh, no, it isn't. Wow, everything has really changed. When I really think about it, everything's changed. That time I did this, that was definitely God. That time, I want you to wake up and see his, his, his leading in your life, his leading in your life, and just see, wow, my life would not look like this at all had I not found God and not really worked at what he's called me to and persevere. Not at all. Not at all. Okay? That's how you know. We're not religious here. I mean, overall, it doesn't last long, right? Right? So you can really stop and say, wow. But then ask him, Lord, give me everything that you have written of the works you have for me to do. And then give me the grace to persevere. And Lord, have I missed some of those? And if I have, I I want you to redeem that time. Lord, I want you to redeem the time of what I've missed. Watch out, you're going to be busy after that. Okay, second thing, we're just going to do this a little bit because I can see this is going to take longer than a weekend, a day, a couple hours. I know that you don't tolerate evil. Okay, let me tell you about tolerating evil. Having evil in your home and you're the homeowner is tolerating evil. Covering up evil for somebody. Enabling somebody to do evil. Enabling somebody to continue an evil. Especially when they're a certain age. Doing nothing to try to stop it. That's tolerating evil. I want you to understand the lampstand is the anointing. This isn't just to, we are the church. This is directly to you. He's not going to take away my anointing because and you but you could still lose yours do you understand that this isn't and if and if the people who oversee something lose the anointing then he's not going to call anybody to this place but you'll still be the church he'll still order your steps and by god's grace i pray that i keep the anointing and that karen keeps the anointing and we stir each other up to stay hungry for God. That's one thing, you can't hang around very long and not get hungry for God. Thank God. All right, do you tolerate evil? Write that down. Look at any area where you tolerate evil. What you're watching, how you act, how you respond to things. Anything in your own heart that you know isn't right any place you tolerate evil, but pure evil, like straight out, this person would go to hell for this, and yet I've tolerated it. Lord, what do I do? That's one to really study. All right. Then he has this one. A lot of you, this this is a pretty mature church because he says, of course, all the churches seriously back then were probably pretty mature churches. This is right, not you know, this is not too long after the Lord had personally trained these people. You have tested those who claim to be apostles and proved they are not. They were impostures. Well, maybe y'all haven't, but I know Karen and I have. And these are the things he's saying is good. I also know how you have barely endured trials and persecutions because of my name. Well, we haven't had it that rough, thank God. But have, there have been times in probably everybody's life here where you barely endured a trial now, I won't say it's been persecution. I've had some persecution. Karen's had some persecution. And I, th- I think we really had grace to get through that. It was hard sometimes, but probably nothing compared to what's coming. And it's not for us to judge these people who are going through extreme persecution right now. He says, um, you, so you bravely endured the trials and persecutions because of my name. I like this, yet you have not become discouraged. So everyone here, can also realize, wow, if I get discouraged by something that's not persecution, I really still need a lot of help. I need a lot of help from God. I need a lot of healing and deliverance because here God is talking to these believers and telling them, while they've been persecuted, they've been misunderstood, they've done great works, they've persevered, they do not tolerate evil, they recognize there's a lot of false people saying they're apostles and they have proved that they're not. They've seen things and watched it come to pass. They've endured trials and persecutions because of his name. And, and I don't know, I mean, I hear things. Um, so to be on such a small scale of a ministry and to hear how many people say bad things about me. Um, but but I've, I'm fine. With, I'm not fine. That's between them and God. And it's preparation. But it's because of his name. That's the difference. Yet, you have not become discouraged. And I haven't. Have you, Karen? No. So I want you to deal with discouragement. What discourages you? You're, not, you're supposed to have joy, unspeakable, and full of glory. And he's saying here, these people were so hit beyond anything we've ever seen in our nation. And yet, they hung in there and they weren't discouraged. Now, that's all the good stuff about them. So that's a really good place to start this week. And then we'll do another one hopefully next week. We'll see what happens. But there's a lot in that, isn't it? And if you want to go to the other translations, you get out a whole bunch. But I have this against you. So if you've done all of that, that's not against you. Whatever of that you haven't done is against you. And so you want to get those things right. Amen. Is this helpful? Okay, this is giving you something you can actually choose to go do or not do, but you've heard it. Okay, I have this against you. You have abandoned the passionate love you had for me at the beginning. All right. Some of you have been so wounded, you've never had that passionate love. It's time to get past that. Because you're supposed to have that from the beginning. And some, I think about everyone who ever really got born again, who really got born again. There was a big change in your life and an excitement about God being real. So that would be that passionate love. Now that's supposed to grow and grow and grow. Does everybody know what I'm talking about? I I know a lot of you when you got saved and it, there was that excitement about God. There was that wanting God. And along the way, whatever, some of it blocked a lot of you, Okay. So you want to go back to that because he's rebuking these people who have all that other thing. I think there's people here who don't tolerate evil. I think there's people here who, I don't know that you, you may be persecuted just from coming to this church to be quite honest or having a woman pastor or whatever. So, so I get that. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of those things can apply on whatever level they can apply and you need to look at that and really let God deal with those things, right? But then now he's saying, I have this against you. You have walked away from your first love. You walked away from that passion for Christ that I want to be in church. I want to worship God. I'm not looking at my watch to see when I get, I want to be where the presence is. I want to go, I want to spend time with him. I want to do that. You understand? And he's saying, you need to repent of that. And sometimes you may have to do that over and over because the world will come and really help you to uh, get away from that. So you want to say, God, Forgive me for abandoning the passionate love I had for you at the beginning. I love being passionate for the Lord. And I was really getting a little bit too busy with the book and all the changing and transitioning to think, oh, maybe that season's, but no, it's come back full force with this trial this week. So it just made me know, you know what? I'm not just going to read the Bible to see what goes in the book. I'm not going to try. I'm not going to try. Lord, I just want to hang out with you. Show me you. And so that's your job. That's your responsibility to get before God and repent when that passion's gone. It's your job to see when you've let a person take the place of him, when you've let circumstances get you out. It's your job. And he's telling you I have this against you. So go back to wherever far it was. Maybe you just got a little spark going way at the beginning and the rest just got off track. I don't know. You know. Wherever there's hypocrisy, you do not have a passionate love for God at all. You cannot serve God in the money. God will never be second place in your life. He's either first place or you're out of his will. Can Do you, do you get that? He's not going to say, okay, well, I'll settle for second place. I'll settle for third place. I'll be somewhere down here after your person you're married to and the person or the person you're dating. And hopefully you're not married and dating unless you're mar- dating the person you're married to. Because then you're like way out of the whack, okay? Or your children or your grandchildren or some people even substitute other things. That's just, you know, Lord help us. No, Lord, you're supposed to be. He will only be first. Okay? He'll only be first. He will never settle for second. And you will be in the shaking until He becomes first. Can I get an amen? And listen to what He says about that. Think about how far you have fallen. That's what I just told you. Go back. Some of you, some of you fell from a long time ago, and you've just been going through the motions and, and getting some hidden knowledge and maybe a little anointing here and there and doing some good works. But if you really recognize, when did you lose that passion? He's telling you to go back from where you fell. That's when you fell. You fell when you first didn't make him number one. When he lost being the main thing, this is about. When he lost. When you can't go back and see. My, th- I think of when. God came to that retreat, one of the first ones they ever did, and rescued, fought for you and rescued you. Everything changed. Before that, it was all baloney. Everything changed. Go back to that. Because a lot of stuff has gotten in the way and not dealt with. Go back to that place. Does everybody understand what I'm saying? If you haven't had that place yet, get really saved. Really get saved so you have that place you know about. Because a lot of people aren't saved and they think they're saved. I mean, I think that's going to be the away from me, you work iniquity. I don't know you. I never knew you. Get away from me. You can have all kinds of religious stuff and not really know him and be saved. So, really, really go back to that place of passion. In, in the stuff that, that you went through, uh, Talia, and that love and that passion for God came back alive, don't let that go out. Don't let it go out. He goes, think about how far you've fallen. And then he says, repent and to do the works of love you did at first. Now, these are not works like, oh, let me work real hard. No, he say, go back to when you loved me and everything you did was because you found out I was real, I was true, and you could help people with that and you could set people free and you could rescue people and and you could things and and whether it's you know working on you know building something for the kingdom or going to the mission field whatever it is do you understand what i'm saying it what he's talking about here is i want you to operate in the works that come from a great love for me that's it i don't want anything else i want i want you to scrap all the other stuff and go back to that place and some of you that may not be back that far i'm not seeing for everybody you need to know you need to see like i'm I'm going, Lord, this is where some of you okay, I remember way back, but some of you have those experiences like like when you went the retreat and condemnation left, I was like, "Wow, and all of a sudden that passion came all of a sudden you started to get it okay so so there's been breakthroughs in all this, thank God, right, so you don't have to go back. Way ba- I'm not going way back to when I first accepted Jesus when I was seven. For me to go back if I get, was like, because cause I was getting too much about the book and not enough about him for a week. I say, don't you want to have that kind of, I'm going to go back? Okay, I'm going back to before the transitioning happened and everything was about you and the, the presence of you and hanging out with you and being intensely involved with you. And isn't it amazing? One little trial and that comes right back. But I don't want it to take a trial to come back. But I'm thankful if it takes a trial, I can count it all joy no matter what because I'm going to hear him and walk with him and have a real relationship with him. Do you know how awesome it is to have a God who talks to you, who shows you in his word, who is so faithful, who loves you so much, who never condemns you, who always is cheering you on and doing everything to pull you out of the enemy's plans? Why wouldn't people... see? People want a God like that. Your kids want a God like that. Your friends are going to want a God like that. You guys want a God like that or you wouldn't be here. Because you had to go through the bumpy road of watching God's fire come in this house. So he's going to do this for you. He's already done it. All right. Now he says, now listen to this. Repent and do the works of love you did at first. If you do not, he's going to come to you and remove your lampstand, your anointing, from his place of influence if you do not repent. The devil's not doing it. Man can't do it. God himself is going to come if you don't return to making him the priority and your first love. And he is going to remove the anointing from his place of influence if you do not repent. Now, this is going to be happening to churches. I mean, when where there's groups of people called together, groups of people coming, and there's people who are representing him. And they do not have that passionate love for him like they did at once. And we are going to watch that. You're watching it now, but you're about to really watch it. Know this everything he does in our government, he first does in the church. So you see the list from the person who had a child trafficking bunch of mess with all the political and leaders of the world, and it's about to get exposed at the same time you're watching God expose. And he's gonna expose from the big guys down. And, and I'm just going to say this. The particular one that we've been praying for who did a powerful work of having people pray for Israel. You know who I'm talking about. He repented for his sin. And they're all trying to put it together. What he didn't do was take care of the financial things. Only God knows. But see, why is it being exposed? Because if even one penny of that money went out of guilt to the person he hurt, then Satan has authority there to bring it up. How do I know the other stuff is covered? Because he was anointed. Because what was built there, God built there. Because it happened after all of this. Because I've seen him anointed. I know he loves God. His dedication. I'm not saying he can't. And in this shaking, he can come out of it. So what was left open? The I believe. The financial thing. How do I know? Because I saw the emails. I saw different things. And the Lord showed me. So I want all that cleared up. That's why I, I'm not. I can't give to even the most worthy cause. If God says no, if it's out of guilt, I can't give because I feel like if I don't give, if I don't make a way for them, it's going to fall apart. Then I have chosen to take God's place. And I've allowed manipulation, unintentional, and I'm not judging. I totally get it. And it's, you know what I'm saying? But that doesn't matter. God is God, people, and he's going to be God. And we're going through the shaking. And every person in the church is going through the shaking no matter what country you live in because God is big enough to take care of all of us. He then goes on he says although to your credit you despise the practices of the Nicolaitans which I also despise that's covering doctrine. I can really relate to this whole one. You hate it and yet the enemy's going to do everything he can to make you put yourself back in that position under that spirit of Nicolaitan and make people look to you. And that's what codependency. I do not want people dependent upon me. I don't want people waiting for me to pre- pre- prophesy something and then they're only going to do it if I prophesy it. But I'm still going to flow in the gifts. Now, this is what he says. We're going to finish with this. The one whose heart is open. That's key in any of this. Is your heart open? Or have you already pre- made your mind up and judged everything and figured you don't have to listen to it? That? That's fine. That's between you and God. But to the one whose heart is open, let him listen carefully to what the Spirit is saying now in all the churches. Now, here's the reward. See, I think just being in love with them is a reward. But he says, to the ones who overcome. Who gets this reward? The ones who overcome what I just listed. This is, this. is There's seven churches. There's a lot of things to overcome. And so I, I, if you want these rewards, then I think you ought to really sit and look at What does it say? Do I tolerate evil? Do I have that passionate first love? Do I have works that he's given me that I've worked hard on and persevered? All right, here we go. To the one whose heart is open, let him listen carefully to what the Spirit is saying To all the churches. And it says now to all the churches. So whatever you're looking in the history. And what people have taught on history on that. That's fine for history. We're talking about now. We're talking about the now of this. We're not talking about the history of this. We're not talking about what you've studied. And heard other people teach on history. Praise God for all that. But we are living this for us now. That's what's so cool about the scriptures. The spirit is saying now. To all the churches all those who are called out to the one who overcomes i will give access to the feast on the fruit of the tree of life that is found in the paradise of god i don't understand all that yet i've been studying a little more that tree of life is going to bring healing there's the healing leaves in that um, so, I believe as now we can apply that healing to us. You can go study that more. I just started studying it the other day. It's found in the paradise of God. But this is a reward that's coming. This wasn't before Christ. So, the one who overcomes, I'll give access to feast on the fruit of the tree of life that is found in the paradise of God. So, go study the tree of life, and I'll get to that eventually. I think Rick Joyner may have a book on that. But here's the deal. I know that those leaves and, and that fruit feasting on that, at least part of it that I've seen so far has to do with healing. How many want to live in healing? How many, wanna, how many want the fruit of what that tree represented? That Christ paid for. And so this would be a really powerful one to sit and study and look at and let God show you. So that you get that. The ones that overcome those things that were just mentioned that we talked about today, those people, no wonder there's so much sickness in the church. The entire church almost is under the the Nicolatian lies. What is it saying? Healing is going to come to those who are passionate about Christ. Passionate about Christ. Uh, that's not a bad thing. Isn't it exciting? Get healed where you feel like you can't be passionate about Christ. Because that's a life from the end. Now, if you love this teaching, and you better say you love this teaching, then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there. And there's a resource uh, library there. And also, check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster beauty for ashes ministry we'd love you to partner with us and come along for the ride into the apostolic god bless you